February is here, and Befica will be busier than the lawyers for the Super Dragões. We got we start up with a quarterfinal game against Vizela, then we have a trip to the Castelo, and we have the Toulouse double fixture as Befica debuts in this year's Europa League. That much more the night another podcast. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Quiero Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quiero o mais sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado e estamos pá. É isso que eu quero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasic. With you, as always, every week. And also with you, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, como é que é, amigo? Not every week. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, às vezes. Sometimes, às vezes. What's yeah. going on, Alfredo? Yeah, same old shiitake. How about you? Just messing up my, uh, my beauty sleep time. You know, it's way past my bedtime, but I'm making a sacrifice to be here to talk. Hey, life talk is, to you about our, our, our beloved Benfica. Life is about sacrifices. Who's not here today is Dave de Oliveira. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it, but he's with us in spirit. Sent me a message earlier. He's with us. Um, Want to say hello Pasmana, to the... Pasmana... Vai lá. Pasmana vai pro banco. Pasmana Dave pro banco. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, Want to say hello to uh, the Freddies that have uh, that have joined us this early on. Vamos embora. Uh, Eric Amaral, Boris Negarosa. I haven't seen Boris in a while here. And Tony Fig, as always. Tony's always a regular. Boa noite, Tony. Tudo bem, Boris? Smash the like button. Fig ganhou. Aparecem todos. Aparecem todos. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Smash that like button, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait. As we're doing, let me do it. Hold on. There it is. <laughs> Not being a hypocrite, I've smashed it myself. Boris, it's uh, 9.35 here in the uh, evening, uh, New York time. As that's where Chris and I So, espera aí, tens que dizer, 21.35. 21.35, yeah. In my, in my car, I have 21.35. My kids always yell at me. Why, why do you have yeah, the time at 21.35? Can't you tell? The army time. <laughs> can't you tell the, whether it's night or or day by looking outside the, the window. <laughs> Chico Marcelina. Chico Marcelina. I, I got confused. Chico Marcelino. Aussie Benfica. Del Tasca. Kevin, what's hey, happening? Look at Kevin. Kevin. Kevin's showing off. He's in Havana. Oh, look at this, guys. Hello, guys. For this. Leva block. Leva block. Let's see. Já não passo mais a bola. That's it. Three, three meters in freaking uh, where he's at in, in Canada and he's in Havana all of a sudden. I hope you got a nice stogie with you, yeah. Kevin. It's nice. <laughs> nice. But here we are, man. Uh, thank you uh, very much for, for joining us tonight on episode 516, which is what we're up to. We will look back at the game against Gilles Vicente. We'll look ahead to uh, the quarterfinal match against Vizela. And we got a trip to the... the to Guimarães, where Portugal was was born. Uh, I, I, I think that they say Arcos de Valvez is Portugal, where Portugal is born. Guimarães is Port where Portugal is born. I, I get confused sometimes. I just know that Guimarães is, you got the statue of uh, Dom Afonso Henriques, which to me is always going to symbolize uh, the, the the center of uh, of Portuguese, uh, the Portuguese kingdom. And maybe Chico Marcelino can educate us a little bit. Liberal is here. Chico's going to sleep. Chico's so many well Chico said, I just came to say hello. You start talking about history. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to go to sleep. I'm Pronto. out. I'll check you guys out tomorrow. Thank you, Chico. Appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, Alfredo, look, I'm not a, um, a Portuguese history book. Primeira well, capital, diz o Boris. Okay? A primeira capital. Guimarães, as far as I know, Guimarães is where Portugal was conquered, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. But at the end of the day, in Portugal, and that's all that matters. Uh, moving on. Kevin says, I'm so lucky. My hotel room 
as RTP. Epa! Living large you know, in Cuba, and you get RTP in Cuba, man. That's that's some that's some serious uh, some serious stuff right there. Hey Kevin, if if you see Vivo all around, tell him I said what's up. <laughs> Uh, Libra, you don't know that 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 that's a kid uh, a kid movie, Alfredo. It's a kid reference, a uh, kid movie. Don't oh, upset yeah. I don't watch those. I don't watch those movies anymore. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, Manny Valadon is here also. As always, we're missing the other Valadon brother. Uh, Gaidola is missing too. And, and you, you guys don't don't think I know who's here and who's not. And I know those who watch and don't comment, and we don't know that you're here. But look, hey, you're all welcome. Like Santa Claus. We you know you're naughty or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, let's get this underway. We're trying to, to stall a little bit for for folks to uh, to come in to come and join us. But let, let's just get this done. Let's get to bed. Um, Benfica hosted Gilles Vicente in Stade Luge, uh this past. Uh, s- I want to say Sunday. It was Sunday, right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Um, I'll give you the lineup: Truben was in goal. Ba Silva. Otamendi and Morato, Neves and Tino, Di Maria, Auschnes, Rafa and Cabral. Um, maybe not, not too many surprises here, right? Uh, we didn't know whether or not Baz was going to, to start coming off an injury, but there he was, which meant that, uh, that Auschnes was back in the midfield uh, uh, in a role that he had so much success last, um, last season. Which meant that João Mario was relegated to the bench, and uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't perfect, right? Because we would have liked to watch Carreras uh, get the start, get the reps. Um, but uh, Auschwitz on the midfield, it was uh, it was pretty good to me. What did you think of the lineup, Chris? Uh, I mean, to me, the biggest surprise of it all was the fact that they found enough policemen to. The work the game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those. I'm not in the studio the other day. Sorry, guys. It's a little warning. I don't have one of those. But all jokes aside now. Yeah, I mean, look. No real surprise, surprise when you consider Bach gets thrown back into the starting 11. So obviously, Outsmith has to move elsewhere. You know, Outsmith is going to play every single second of every single game, every possible uh, opportunity to get. So, so he had, he had to, play to play elsewhere. elsewhere. And, 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 and besides, besides that, Romani had, had to obviously make way, way in order for Austin to get bumped up. up. So, so, yeah, 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 I mean, I'm not, not really surprised, surprised by anything else. else. I mean, Murado is Mr. Reliable for Roger Schmidt at the moment. We all like to see the Kid Carrera, but as we talked about, right, when Benfica acquired him, he's very talented going forward, but obviously has his limitations on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Roger is, you know, picking between a good attack and a good defense. And so he's choosing to go with the defense. You know, uh, if you don't allow goals, you can't move. At some point, I think he's going to continue to get some more playing time. And at some point, he's going to get a start here and there. Not sure if he's ready to be an everyday starter for Benfica. Uh, The only thing I can tell you is that he's a much better option going forward than Morato is, so that obviously works in his favor. Yeah. But at some point, he'll get slowly worked into the lineup. Morato's still going to play. And uh, look, as long as Benfica keeps winning these games, I guess we can all... Um, how do I put it? For, for lack of a better word, we can all swallow these these these, yeah. these non-changes by Roger Schmidt. Um, obviously, we'd like to see we like to see some of these kids thrown in, but as I said, three points is all that matters. He'll get some playing time, he'll get some more experience, and at some point, um, he'll get thrown in there. I know he will. Yeah, yeah. With it's only going to be a, a, a matter of time, and I I understand that if he's if he's not ready yet, uh, certainly Bob would understanding the system and knowing the system, and be also being familiar with the squad. Um, seem like a, a no-brainer as long as he's 100%. They're, they're saying I'm echoing. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but I fixed it. Stuff. I fixed it. It's sh- okay, good okay. Now. I had two, um, yeah, I had two audio inputs uh, rather than just... Oh, so one. it was your fault. It so was my I, fault. I get the blame. I keep Manny freaking and, up, man. And, and Livral and Boris, they're all blaming me. But the culpa and I'm the one that gets totally shot. No, it's, it was when you when you spoke. Uh, that was the echo, but it was on my end. But we're, we're good now. 
We're good now. Okay, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno Gil Rodrigues just popped up. Says, Olá, rapaz, boa noite, Montreal. Boris good. Feels like ad left kicked in there. I, bro, I should have brought my glasses. I'm getting old. That's what you can tell you're getting old because now all of a sudden I need reading glasses. <laughs> Manny Valadon said like, uh, the, like the edibles kicked in. Yeah. Diogo <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reyes is here. Yeah. Yeah, let oh, me man. just say... Uh, from yeah. Montreal or Toronto, 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 Bru right? Bruno Rodriguez, I always fuck up where he's from, so uh, he, he made sure he mentioned he's Mon Montreal. Montreal. Because I've said Montreal. Quebec before. I think... Uh, oh. I, I don't know if Kevin is in... Ke Kevin is in Quebec. No, he's in Nirvana now, but I don't know if Kevin... And that's where I, where I got that next stuff. He's uh, Montreal, next too. Kevin is from Montreal out there. Also? I always see him putting pictures... I always see him putting pictures of the poutine. Oh yeah, on, that's in, right. On, on Twitter, yeah, he's he's a Montrealan, like he's from somewhere around there. Yeah, he also uh, is a fan of the yeah. uh, MLS team in Montreal. Diogo, my man, Diogo keeps sending me private messages on Instagram. He's from Toronto. <laughs> is he sending so, yeah, you bunch, dirty bunch, bunch of good Canadian. Let's get back to Bayfield. Back let's, to Bayfield. Forget geography. We, you and I, in geography, <laughs> we don't go hand in hand. So let's get back to Bayfield. Yeah. Uh, and, and look, uh, quite a quite a fast start by uh, Benfica Cabral header in the fifth minute. Uh, hit the upright. Jill uh, was pressing high, and I was I was surprised by um, by the posture that Jill that Gil Vicente uh, came to Stade Luz. And, and I, more and more do we see teams coming to Stade Luz trying to uh, to dispute the game with Benfica eye eye to eye. And usually that doesn't work well, but if you want to remain true to your values uh, and think that this is just a challenge to the system that you've been playing the whole year, then that's that's how you adopt. You uh, you live and die by by your beliefs and by the way you play, and, and that I understand. Uh, I hate the teams that come to Stade de Luz um, and play with, uh, with 10 guys behind the ball. I understand the thought process behind it, but it, it, it doesn't seem like they want to come and play. They just want to come in and not allow goals and, and try to get uh, the points, whatever. Uh, but it's 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 a much more uh, entertaining game uh, when teams come to play and teams are not just uh, sitting there defending. So, um, like I said, fast start for Benfica 15 minutes in after the missed header by Cabral, which was a uh, a much harder header than than the second than the first goal. Uh, he was by himself, was able to. He was bent. He was a little bent. Was able to direct the the ball, and, and Benfica um, was on the board after an assist from a corner from Cabral. And, and Benfica hasn't been uh, scoring a lot of games. Di Maria. From, Di Maria. Who, who did I say? Maria. Who did I say? Cabral. Cabral. Yeah, Di Maria to Cabral. Cabral, Marco Alcanto, Cabral, 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 Uh, it, it was a loose ball, ball, ball popped up, Jorneves boxed out the defender, was able to to turn around, uh, hit a Trivella. I think he was looking for, for Antonio Silva on the second post. The ball ended up deflecting and went into the goal. But if he goes up at two nothing, and it was it was yeah, I thought I was I was I was a little afraid the referee was going to call like one, you know some way somehow this is going to wind up in bar. And they want to call that back. But obviously, when you've seen the close-up replay, it seems like the dude was anticipating the talk and ready to dive because we've seen that in Portuguese football over the years. If you breathe on a defender and he falls, the referee uh, just blows the whistle and all of a sudden the, the play is dead. So credit to them for getting that right. Yeah. João Neves is just – the dude's a machine. Yeah. Cabral's playing really well. I mean, Benfica started this game really well. Um, I know – on the previous podcast, I criticized the way Benfica had been playing at at at, at times under Roger Schmidt. Um, but Benfica this time came off the gates, looking for the goal, looking to get that that that, that lead, looking to get comfortable at home in front of their home fans. Yeah. Um, and, and I like the attitude, but once again, once they go up one nil, all of a sudden, yeah, Gio just steps it up. And, and Benfica is playing the next 10, 15 minutes on the back foot. And, right. and, and look, I understand. 
football is a game of 11 versus 11, 11 men with 11 left feet and 11 right feet, a wall at Ardona, I get the hell, but there's no way in hell that a team like Gil Vicente, who is a respectable a respectable team in the Portuguese uh, campeonato, but, you know, with, with decent players, no way Benfica should be up against the ropes for such an extended period of time like they were in a game like this. I just don't understand. And then, obviously, you get that one corner and then a moment of brilliance. Again, the individual performances at times, the the moments of individu- of individualism yeah. um, by these spectacular players. João Neves makes a little something happen. The ball deflects. All of a sudden, you got a little bit more breathing room. But, yeah, there's still things that need to be worked on that Benfica needs to work on in order to get more comfortable in some of these games so we can get some of these other kids into the game, as you were talking about earlier with Carreras and whatever, to get these guys um, more acclimated and in rhythm, uh, you know, in the Portuguese league with Benfica, with their teammates. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just some things that Benfica still needs to work. I was looking at something. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. But, yeah, Benfica needs to, to – to, there's some things that they need to get the kinks out of. Yeah, just to uh, read a couple comments because uh, we don't do a good enough job on the comments. Manny Valadon saying, Cabral had a good game on and off the ball. Maybe the fellow Brazilian competition for the spot has helped. Look, I, I think there was something that we, we, we have spoken about here uh, in terms of um, Benfica had three forwards, Cabral, Tankstead, and Musa at the time. We no longer have Musa. And, and still they felt that they had a need to go and and get a forward, um, what this does, there's a couple things in my mind that this does right. Um, for one, it, it it takes some of the pressure off of Cabral. Uh, he was the most expensive uh, forward that we have. Well, up until um, Marcos Leonardo, most of no, he still is. He still is. Okay, he's still more expensive than right. Marcos. He was uh, the most expensive forward, so obviously there's there's an expectation in terms of what he could produce, uh, needs to score, uh, look to come into the team a little bit overweight, looks better, looks more fluid. Uh, and, and I think that he's also realized that, look, uh, Leonardo, Marcos Leonardo is still trying to get 100% in shape. I'm going to take advantage. I'm also a player that brings something different to the team in terms of box play, in terms of a guy that bangs with bodies with other guys. Uh, I think that he's the only guy that Benfica has right now with those characteristics. Leonardo is more jukey. Leonardo le- likes to come off the come off the box, combine with guys, likes to sneak behind guys. He's not the physical forward that uh, Cabral is, and Cabral is just going to say, "Look, I'm going to make a case for myself. Uh, to if I'm not the first choice, then I'm the second choice." And and the times that he's been given chances now by Roger Schmidt. He's, he's done well. He's done well, especially when the team feeds him the ball. And I think that uh, he's getting to a, a point where he's, he's comfortable. He's feeling the the love from the from the Massasitiva, the Zadepch. Um, you know, it, it's it's a, a far cry from him flipping up, flipping off the 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 supporters and getting booed. I, I mean, he he's turned around here, and and I think that right now. Uh, he's do he's doing well in my eyes. He's doing well. Could, could he do better, Chris? You know what I, you know what I think plays a role in this as well, Alfredo. Yeah, and and and, and I'm pretty sure you thought of this. Probably you just didn't mention it. But knowing now that, you know, obviously Musa leaves, uh, Marcus Leonardo comes in. Thanks, that's been injured. It it was kind of like the keys were were handed to him, and it wasn't. And so far. Uh, he's performing as well, but so far lately, it's been Cabral. You're the starter. Go out there, do what you got to do. He's not looking over his shoulder for every opportunity yeah. that he misses. If five minutes later he's going to get subbed off, I'm pretty sure that plays a role in the player's psyche, and I, I think it's helped. Obviously, Marcos has come in and scored some goals, as you said, alleviated some of the pressure on Cabral to go out there and decide games for himself. But I think. I think the fact that they're not just sitting there switching strikers left and right like they were at one point, I think that's made a hell of a difference for a guy like Carral with all the pressure on him. I think it's made a hell of a difference because he feels that now he can actually play. And if he's out there and he's and he's missing a sitter in front of goal, it's okay because 15 minutes later he'll be in again right. and trying to get another, trying to get to another opportunity to finish. 
and, and, and that that goes a long way in a player's confidence. And so, um, you know, look, credit to him for staying ready. Obviously, things got ugly when you talked about, the you know, flipping off the, the supporters and whatever. Things got ugly a little bit there. Yeah. But he's found a way to turn things around, um, whether it was by intention of Roger Schmidt or whether it was by just forced uh, to do it because of injuries and because the other guy leaving. But nonetheless, they've gotten it right. It seems like we got a player there now. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's finishing some of these opportunities. He's creating things on his own. So it's good to see. And obviously, you know, if if, if he doesn't have the pressure on his shoulders that if he doesn't get it right one game, you got a guy like Marcos Leonardo, a fellow Brazilian, a guy that he's very comfortable with, a guy that from everything we hear, he's doing a good job in mentoring and, and helping the kid uh, acclimate to Portugal. And he knows that he's got that type of player to come off the bench and to help him out and alleviate things. So, look, it, it's just the perfect storm uh, for, for everyone right now. But let's let's not forget, competition is, as you be sense of this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Sturils and whatever. Sturil we lost, actually. Shouldn't even mention them. But you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's see how competition steps up. Um, let's see if these guys step up. But it's good to see. It's good to see these guys get on the same page. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that uh, he, look, he answered the call for me. He answered the call, and he's gotten progressively better. And when the team finds a way to associate him in play, uh, then he has a much better chance of of performing well. There was one specific game that he was kind of he was choked out. He was almost on an island, and everything he tried wasn't coming off for him. But it seems that when the team involves him in play. Uh, and, and oftentimes we see him drop a lot deeper than Rafa, uh, that he's successful. He's successful in that. But look, um, as Cristiano mentioned, after the first goal, there was a lull there uh, in which Benfica took the footer of the accelerator, allowed Gil Vicente to come. Uh, they were on top for a while, and then I, I think that the, just the, the second goal in the 35th minute, Benfica then saw the half out and uh, was able to really put themselves in a really good position. Second half... 50th minute, Rafa 3 nothing off of an Auschnitz, uh, off an, an Auschnitz feed. Uh, and then uh, Roger Schmidt started doing some substitutions. It was good to see Carreras get some minutes. Uh, Marcio Leonardo also, he didn't play. Oveya came in. Rollheiser came in. Chris, let me ask you this, and, and I know that we haven't had a, a chance to that speak. Leonardo played, Alfredo. Leonardo came no, in. No, that's what I said he came in. Leonardo, Oveya, oh, Rollheiser. didn't play. I I understood he didn't play. Sorry about that. The guy yeah. didn't play was Romari. But yeah, I'm sorry. I understood he didn't play. Sorry no, about that. But um, are you surprised that Rollheiser is getting as many minutes as he is being uh, that he hasn't been in Portugal for, for too long? Wait, as many minutes? He came in in the 84th, 85th minute. I know, but uh, I mean, it's, he's played the game no, before. No, I, he's I, had minutes. Yeah. I mean, he's had he's more minutes than Carreras probably. No. No, no. He came in the minute game before what? In the 88th minute? Now he came in the 85th. I don't understand. See, again, I'm not trying to come on here and and, and, and brag on Roger Schmidt the whole time. But once you go up 3-0, what is the media still doing on the field? Get him off the field. Why are you waiting until the 80? I think it was 85th minute when he subbed the Maria off for Rollheiser. Um, Those are things that, again... That he needs to work on. He made some subs, as you said, what, the 65th minute? The Vineres and whatever, maybe. I think Carrera, it was. Neres, Carrera. 62nd, okay. Yeah. It was three, right? Or was it uh, Neres and Carrera, and then the 78th, uh, Leonardo and Gauvet, and then the 86th, Rollheiser. Okay, so 86. So I was saying 84th. So, like, again, Rollheiser, you're asking me if I'm surprised he's getting, I mean, he's getting what, four minutes? It's just enough time to, to break a sweat, so like that when they wash the uniform and they have reason to wash it. I mean, I, I think he could have done a better job getting a guy like that. If this is a guy that is that you believe in, that, that can make a difference, you went out of your way, paid a little bit extra to get the guy in this window because you think he's going to be able to help you out at some point this season. Look, I understand he's been off for a month because of the clausura or apertura, whatever you want to call it. I think it's apertura. Apertura is, you know, finished and – and the guys had a little bit of a, a, of a break there. Same thing with the Marcos Leonardo, uh, the, the season, the first half of the season, whatever it is, because they break it down. Uh, ended, and he was off for a month as well, and he's, he's actually played a little bit longer. But, yeah, I just – Di Maria is 36. What are you waiting until the 86th minute for? I thought Rojas are going to come in. 
in the 70, what would you say, 75th, 72nd? No, the, seven, the 78th minute, uh, Leonardo came in for Cabral and Gouveia came in for Di Maria. In the okay, 86th he come minute in, for Neves, mm -hmm. Olizer. He could have came, came in then. If not earlier, he could have came in then. Again, yeah, this I is agree. a player, Di Maria, who has the ability to change a game on a snap of a finger, but at the end of the day, we need to keep this guy fresh. Yeah. We talked about it here on the podcast when Mifika announced the signature that if managed properly, Di Maria still has a lot to give, and he's still giving it, and they're not managing him properly. But once you go up 3-0, Veling, let's go. Come sit over here, relax, get some small in you. Yep. Let's get these other kids some minutes. Let's get these other kids in rhythm. Let's yep. get them in shape. Because those Pamanya. Maria goes down with an injury. Now you're going to have to go to a, a David Neves who's not in form, who's coming off an injury three months off, and he's barely, you know, you could tell once Roger Schmidt started making, look, this is no fault of his own, but once he started making the subs, the game was broken. All of a sudden, it was just, you know, there was no more intensity on both sides. Yeah. On both sides. The game pretty silly. But I think Roger Schmidt could do a little bit better job to get these guys some playing time, get these guys all content, get these guys all, uh, and rhythm and shape and, and, and you know, so as good as, 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 how do I put it? Things went well, but they could have gotten better, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, it's easy to criticize. <clears throat> it's easy to sit here and talk from here, but it's just, it's it's football one-on-one, man. Yeah. When you've got a comfortable lead, you take off your most senior guys and give the boots a run. Yeah, so and, yeah. and the game was, wasn't in danger at any point. No. In the second half, the game was under control. Not so at all. I, I thought he could have done it, and it just and, and the other thing that really ticked. I'm sorry, Alfredo, but the only the other thing that that ticks me off about the whole thing is that by doing this and leaving the Maria in the game that he had no business being in in the 86 minute game that's under control, it, it feeds that you know BS uh, talk of you know the Maria Ekmano, the Maria Ekmano, no Raj Schmidt, the Maria Cyclone Care, Jogon Care. You know what I mean? It, it feeds yeah. into that. And even and, Di Maria and understands you know, it. And, and, I'm sorry. Even Di Maria understands it. If he gets, if the game's three nothing and he gets yanked in the seventy third minute or whatever it was when he made seventy eighth minute, like he did, it, like he's he's going to understand. If he gets pulled in the sixty seventh minute in that first batch of subs, he's gonna understand. The game's under control. He's got a lot of games to yet to play. He's got a, a manic, manic February to play with tons of games that we'll talk about a little later. And Di Maria's guy has to understand for his own survival uh, and for his own management of his of his fitness and his health, um, he needs rest. Because the other thing is that with these older players, if they get hurt, the recuperation is a lot longer than if it was a young kid. Uh, so all these guys, you know, they've been around the sport. They know what that's about. They know those valuable rest uh, periods that they need to to go into. Yeah, it may seem like I'm nitpicking, but again, no, as I stated on the last podcast, <laughs> it, it, it's was still things that we talked about, yeah. mistakes that he did as a coach last year, and we hope and we, that, that he's able to rectify these things. Now, look, as I stated before, he made subs in the 62nd minute, right? It's a lot earlier than when we anticipated. So, obviously, he's, he's going in the right direction. But with a guy like Di Maria, I just wish that this guy could stay fresher. I wish that he did manage him a little bit better. And then you got a guy like that, like Bro, as I said. Um, got a ton of potential. It would be nice to see this guy reach it at some point this season before the season's over. I'm afraid to go over some um, of the chat because there's some good stuff here. Yeah, uh, Rafa, uh, Boris is saying Rafa was terrible in the first half. I agree. I, I mean, that Trivella, it's the first time I've ever seen a Trivella go to the first post. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get cheeky, but usually you use the Trivella because you want to hit the curve on the on the second post, on the further post. Unless you shank it, do you go to the first post because with your dominant foot uh, to the first post, you hit that, you need to hit that straight on with uh with the, with your instep or or whatever uh or with the with your what you call pit du pe or chest of your foot uh, you know i don't know how that translates you hit that on a on a volley uh you square off and you hit that on a volley you only do a trivella if you want to go far post <laughs> and he tries the trivella and he goes straight to the first post uh, you know it's just it's one well, of those but Alfredo, I, I don't recall the play i don't recall 
Vai lá ver, vai lá ver. Não, não tem que ir ver. Mas, again, like, yo, às vezes um gajo, bro, listen, you hit it with the trivela, bro, you're getting a lot of power behind it. I don't, I'd have to see it. I'd have to see it. I don't know, like, if you've seen it, I'd take your word for it. But I remember the goal. I just don't remember watching the replays. I was kind of like, all right, good, cool. You know, it's 3-0, keep it moving. Yeah. Um, I'd have to sit there and break it down a little bit more. But, yeah, I'm afraid that, that sometimes those guys tend to things but that doesn't mean that it was a mistake though you know what I mean Diogo Reis also says go ahead I was going to say there's some good stuff way up Alfredo you started at the bottom no you know I know that Boris had mentioned something about Erikson and I kind of I want to talk to that in between this game and the next game because yes if we and the same thing with Fahed too the Fahed family at the start of the loop yeah and that was that was beautiful yeah that was okay you can handle that later that that was a nice tribute to Fahed obviously by both the the stadium and and the club and the the fan base I thought it was good um Brunjil Rodrigues says for the first time in a long time it was a quiet game we like the quiet games you guys know that love those games yeah Carlos yeah. Amaro's in the chat. Welcome back, my friend. It's been a while. It's been a while. Hope all's well. Yeah. Uh, Benfica, yeah, S- Benfica ST is saying, you think João Mario will come back next game? Hope not. Yeah, he'll come back. He'll come back. He'll be there. I'm not sure if he's in starting 11. Yeah. <laughs> he'll um, be there. <laughs> yeah, Diego Reis says, Prestiani apparently injured uh, till March. Yeah, it, it, from what Benfica was saying, um, he's got an ankle Just injury. Just an ankle. Yeah, but yeah. look, it's it's not uh, it's not a big deal because I I really I think that he's a, he's a future project. I don't know if he was going to get many minutes uh, this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him uh, in the B team, uh, getting some rhythm, getting some 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 game. Uh, I don't know if if at some point he's going to make his debut for the for the team this year. Uh, he's a kid that's he just turned eighteen, man. But he'll make he'll make the debut. It's okay. Think? He'll make the he'll 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 make the debut this year. Um, and the other thing to touch on Prestiani, I don't know if you're going there. If you were, I apologize. I'm cutting you off once again. But Prestiani's been left off the Europa League um, roster. They only had three slots open. Obviously, four guys came in. Yeah. And I think the injury actually helped make the decision uh, uh, make the decision easier. So yeah. he's been left out. Uh, Leonardo. Uh, Carrera, why didn't he keep it, Fernandez? Alvaro Fernandez is so much easier. Carreras, <laughs> and who's the other one? Who am I missing? <laughs> who's the third guy? Who's the third guy that got? That, who, who I, I don't. Missing, I bro? didn't read the list. Maybe the chat could help us. But um, no. But, but there was four guys. Oh, Rollheiser. No, I'm so Rollheiser. 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 Uh, I'm thinking. I'm trying to. I'm more going crazy. So yeah, Rollheiser, Marcos Leonardo, and Carreras were included. They only got three spots open. Four guys came in. And so, Prestiani's obviously been left out. The injury made it easier. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll recover quickly. It's nothing It's nothing too serious. But, yeah, Alfred, I think you'll see him. You'll see him out there at some point this year before before the campeonato is over. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Zamato is saying about that uh, Rafa play. He missed it. Nothing unusual about what with Rafa. Still only got that <laughs> guys get behind the defense. Uh, the only guy that gets behind the defense, sorry. Rafa yep, is a critical sure. part of the team's success, even when he's not at his worst. Um, look, I, I, you're not going to get any disagreement from us. Uh, Cristiano and I have had several conversations about Rafa, and while I'm not the biggest fan of Rafa, I have to admit he's the only guy that's bringing um, that destabilizador. Uh, he's got the change of speed. Uh, counts for a lot. He's got some of the, the the nice combinations. Counts for a lot in front of the goal. He's he's not what we would hope him to be, but still he was the only guy outside him and Di Maria. But him more and uh, and using consistent and Rafa in the same sentence is is a little bit tricky for me. Uh, but in terms of what he brings to the game, the speed, uh, the the technical ability, uh, the combination play. Uh, being able to get behind defenses, uh, I think that he's the one player that we have right now. With Neres coming back uh, and Neres returned and he's gotten some minutes, now we have another guy. He's also tried Neves behind the forward, which is the position which Rafa plays in. So I don't know. It's going to be tricky. Um, the renewal talks, uh, there was some some, conf- some some 
Paulo was reporting today that Rafa was asking for a certain amount of money. I don't know if I didn't read the article in full. Uh, but look, at, at the end of the day, I think that Befica has to, to look at, and regardless of whether Rafa has been the only guy that's offered this to Befica at this junction in, in the past couple months, um, is is Benfica's is Rafa's future at Benfica? I I don't know. That's a that's I a big know. question. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but sometime in November, I don't forget who we played. It wasn't a game that it wasn't a particularly good game for Benfica. But I came here on a podcast and I said, guys, as much as we hate to admit it, we Benfica has to sign Rafa at all costs because he's the only guy out there causing havoc. He's get like all the reasons you just gave. I remember men talking about that. On the podcast, and this past week, and Hugo texts me, and he says, and I'm like, what are you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I think, I think you're right. I think we have to re-sign Rafa. As much as he annoys us, the guy is a huge threat. And Alfredo, what's what's my famous line? You can't teach speed, speed right? <laughs> you can't teach size. Those are two things you cannot teach: size and speed. Everything yeah. else you can teach. Um, and he's got the one of them, which is speed. The guy misses a lot of sitters, and when he's on, he's just unplayable. And when he's off, he still causes a lot of havoc, and so teams have to be aware of him. But, yeah, he does a lot of the little things that we don't notice at times watching on TV, but those runs opening up space and getting in between uh, defenders and behind defenders. And then he does everything perfect. Gets in, gets to the to the goal line, and and somehow it's supposed or shoots it wide. Or as yeah. you guys are referencing to this Trivella, he just finds a way to fuck things up. But yeah, man, the dude is is key, bro. I, I don't see another player on Benfica that obviously can do what he could do. So it's yeah. going to be very interesting. Obviously, there's 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 reports in the media lately about his requests and and whatnot. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the season. He gave that one interview. Remember after he got the Tassa for the, the, the Tassa, the little whatever trophy man for man of the match. And he said, at least give what they sold out. Uh, yeah. This that I'm going to miss. So I don't know if that was a shot. I, I think that was intentional. Um, Look, but yeah, uh, Rafa is, you know, I think it, at the end of the day, where you got to, think about is that at 30 years old um what kind of money is he asking for and is Benfica willing to give that to a 30 year old who uh in one seat and he's Benfica is just not going to give him a one-year contract he's going to want more than that so you have to think that Rafa's best years are behind him in terms of a player as he gets older loses a little bit of speed and Rafa's game is is all about speed, as Cristiano mentioned. So I, I think at the end of the day, you kind of got to outweigh, uh, is he worth the money that he's asking for? And again... Yeah, but Alfredo, I don't like the way you approach it. No, but sorry. I, but go ahead. I don't, like the, but I don't like the way you approach it. And again, you're inside to your opinion. You know I love you. But I don't like the way you approach it when you say, well, you know, you're not going to give them as much money at his age. Well, they're they're paying the Maria at 36 a lot more money. Nobody's nobody. But what I'm saying is, age is not, bro. As long as you're able to play bro. to that level that we expect you to play, that's all I'm. That's all I'm referencing. Bro, you know I, what I'm saying? I, Otamendi's I, getting a lot. Otamendi's probably the second highest paid player or third highest paid player on the team right now. And again, I understand they've won World Cups, but nobody's paying players for what they've accomplished before. So Rafa is 30. He's got six years on Di Maria, for example. Now, Di Maria is magic, but Di Maria affects games in other ways. Rafa is always running. I mean, the argument could be made. He's not Di Maria. Nobody will ever argue that. But Rafa is probably more important for Benfica than Di Maria is. How about that? Yeah. No, that's that's your opinion. For me, no. For me, no. So you you think Di Maria is more important to to this yeah. Benfica team than Di Maria than Rafael? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, regardless of whether he could play ninety minutes or at a good clip or sixty five seventy minutes at at a at a good condition, I I still think that Di Maria 
is a lot more important on this team than Rafa is. Uh, and not just no, because see, of love, sta- I, uh, sta- I, uh, I love Di Maria, but there's games where he's gone. And then in two plays, that's why he plays. Well, he that's the thing. And then in two plays, he, he changes the game. But Rafa is affecting Rafa in the ten game, plays might not change the game. But he's affecting it, though. That's the difference. He's a, he's affecting the game. That's what you got to think about. He's not off to the side, off to the side, I should say, unnoticeable. Rafa is, oh, you're always going to notice Rafa. Now, like I said to you before, whether it's good or Merida, but you're noticing him. Yeah. So in terms of what this team needs, Rafa's stretching the field. Rafa's involved. Rafa, teams are, not, not to say that teams aren't preparing for the Maria, which they absolutely are, but Di Maria, we've seen in games where he's been very good, but he disappeared. So, well, again, look, I'm not comparing. I'm not making a Rafa Di Maria play. I mean, you give me the guy. Both right, of them have to promise Di Maria uh, all day, every day. Let's move on. Um, Manny Villadon saying, must admit our bench looks stacked that game. Uh, Diogo Reis Carrera has this jawline that reminds me of Zanetti on the left. Can't wait to see him going. Uh, Carlos saying, speaking of Rollheiser, anyone else entertain amusing thoughts about what might be in his in his great grandpa's closet? Yeah, <laughs> I saw that, and I thought that was um, that was that was kind of kind of funny at the same time. And and look, we we all know that there was a lot of Nazis that escaped Germany, ended up in in South America and in different countries, right? In the United States, even. So I don't know. I think that's a that's a curious and, and funny uh, conspiracy, but never know. Uh, Zach says, I don't know why everyone uh, blows Auschwitz so much. He's a utility, utility player, not a, not a, not a starter. Um, I think he's a starter, bro. Uh, the, uh, Zach says, Diogo says, Zach is responding to Zach. So they're entertaining conversation there. Um, look, um, at the end of the at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the day, three points for Benfica, uh, valuable uh, win, especially with Sporting not having played as a result of that whole fiasco with the uh, with the cops uh, calling out and uh, not enough cops being available for to for the game. Um, to me, I thought that uh, had it not been those shenanigans before the game, uh, I think that maybe they get the game going. Uh, 13 guys out out of a 29 crew uh, that was uh, assigned to that game. Obviously, it's uh, it's significant, right? It's uh, it's a it's a little bit less than than um, than 50 percent. Uh, but um, yeah, but it was important for Benfica to get the win to go on first place. And regardless of whether Sporting has a game on hand or not, there's still a pressure pressure that Sporting now. Uh, knows that they definitely have to win their game to get back into into first. Um, shifting gears here now to um, to the Taça de Portugal that takes place this Thursday. Obviously, we don't have stats on the uh, Gil Vicente game because Dave's not here. Um, Benfica will travel up north to play Vizela Thursday, 8.45 local. Nine official games between the two. Eight wins for Benfica. Um, one uh, tie currently... Vizela is dead last uh, in the Portuguese uh, league. Two wins, seven ties, 11 losses. At home, one win, three ties, seven losses. Uh, on their way to uh, to the quarterfinals, they beat uh, Atletico, uh, Estrela da Amadora, and Aroca. And now they will uh, have to uh, face Benfica. They're coming off four straight losses. Um, Xeno, concerned at all that, uh, that Benfica might overlook Vizela might look past Vizela into the Vitoria game, a Vitoria game that happens this weekend? Mm, no. No. I think the only concern I have is will Roger rotate? And if he does a lot of rotation, then obviously, you know, you get concerned a little bit with, with players obviously playing um, out of rhythm or whatnot. But they should have enough quality to beat a team like Vizela. My man with the boy is not there anymore. He had the, that team playing good football at one point, even though they weren't getting a lot of W's, but they were playing good football. Um, I don't really fear them much. I think Benfica should have enough in-house to, um, with the starters or rotation, they should have enough. Does Carreras like get the, excuse me, does Carreras get the start? 
I, I, I hope so. I hope so. Me too. Um, yeah, look, I think that it's, it's a game that Pefiga needs to take serious. The one game at a time. Uh, I know that Guimarães is, is uh, or Vitoria is uh, on Sunday, but you need to win this game in order to uh, progress into the semifinals where most likely you will meet uh, Sporting two-legged affair semifinals and then the final, which Benfica has missed uh, for quite some time. Um, after that, we have uh, Vitoria uh, this weekend. Game happens on Sunday, 8.30. Uh, Vitoria is currently fifth in the Portuguese league. 12 wins, three ties, five losses. Only one loss in the last 10 games played. Uh, last five games against Benfica, three wins for Benfica, two ties. Um, 4-0, 4-0 was the result of the first round. And uh, you heard Cristiano uh, talking about uh, Zed Bonet. Zed Bonet is now the coach for Vitória. Alvaro Pacheco in charge, and, and he's done uh, quite well over there. Benfica will be um, facing Bruno Varela. Uh, Nelson Oliveira, who is uh, a game uh, a player from Benfica's past, as you guys know, who is the, the next greatest thing that came out of the Seychelles at some point. Uh, it was signed uh, by Vitoria uh, during this winter transfer um, window. And uh, Guimarães is the only other team to beat Sporting uh, this season. Of course, uh, we all know that Benfica beat Sporting already, but before Benfica has, uh, Sporting has two losses, one of them to Benfica, one of them to Guimarães. Tough, tough game on short rest. Uh, more of a reason for, for Roger to manage the squad and, and to really... Uh, Give uh, give some guys some rest against Vizela so they could be uh, they could be fully stacked against uh, Guimarães and, and Cristiano. We always talk about this. The next game is always the most important, so you always put your your strongest team. But when you look at this team, there's guys that could come in, uh, and that we won't see too much of a drop off in terms of the depth squad. No, for sure. That's why going back to even. I know you asked me about Guimarães, but I'll bring it back to the Sturil game. I didn't understand the starting 11 because if Benfica had beaten Sturil, they'd have to play a final two days later against Sporting Braga without rotating players. I mean, were you going to burn guys down? And so now I think he has an opportunity to play against Vizela, rotate some guys, rest the likes of the Marias of this world, the Rafas of this world, make sure these guys are nice and fresh because playing against that Guimarães team, regardless of whether they're doing well in the, in, the, in the table or not, it's always very tough to go out there. These guys get amped up to play Benfica. And now, as you mentioned, under this coach, the guy with the bonnet, they're playing really well under him. So it's going to yeah. be very difficult. So it, it, it's more of an importance on Roger Schmidt to rotate these guys, make sure that they're fresh, make sure everybody's ready to go because Benfica can't afford um, to walk away with anything less than three points. Yeah, no, I agree. Just want to get to uh, to some uh, to some comments here on the chat. Brunjul Rodriguez says Abola says ten million as a signing bonus, bonus, and three point five million in net salary. Uh, for for that's the figures that are in front of Rafa. Uh, look, and then there's the prospect of going to uh, Saudi Arabia and having the contract of your life. Uh, and really, but Alfredo, uh, Alfredo, the, like right. n not saying Boris, right? But the majority of the people on 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 social media are crying about the supposedly ten million uh, euro signing bonus for Rafa, right? We're the same people that were crying last year when Grimaldo. You know, you know me. I've never been a big Grimaldo guy, but they were the same people that were crying when you know Grimaldo was asking for an absurd signing bonus. So think about it: had Benfica signed Grimaldo to a ten million dollar signing bonus, right? With the ten, not two. With a ten million dollars, like whatever, better than spending thirteen million on the other guy plus or fourteen million, whatever it was, plus his salary. I mean, don't get too caught up in these numbers, man. These guys are going to ask. It's called negotiating. They're going to ask for the best that they can get, and then at some point, the team will either meet them halfway or somewhere along the line. But that's 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 look it's the business of football. It yeah. takes money to sign players. So. Carl is saying, I'm a big defender of Rafa, but speed is the first thing to suffer at 30-plus. Uh, Diogo Reis says, if we don't sign uh, Rafa, who replaces him in that position? Look, I, I think that right, right now you have Nersh. Um, you got uh, other We also have been talking about Alcock Shu is a guy that could play behind the forward. We've also said that. 
So, I mean, well, we, we got don't Rizer, know, You got Prestiani, you have Neres, you have Coxu, you And, you know, Benfica's not going to sit there quiet. And look, at the end of the day, don't forget, if, if Cabral keeps playing the way he's been playing lately, obviously he's going to get better scoring goals. Marcos Leonardo is a guy that can play that role yeah. because he is not a prototypical box guy. He's no. a guy that could actually come outside, has a touch to link up with his players. You see him doing that now, a lot of giving goals. So he's a guy that could play that role. He's not going to be moving around as much as Rafa, but he can play. He can play that that false nine role, that link, so, which is what Rafa plays a lot. He plays that free role up top right behind the striker. I, I think Leonardo could play, play that role. So there will be plenty – Plenty of options for Roger Schmidt or whomever the coach may be at the time. Yeah. If Rafa does decide to walk away. Yeah. Boa noite, Jason. Uh, Tony Fig says, well, Alfredo, os macacos estão todos na cela. That's the truth. Uh, Ricardo Teixeira, boa noite, 4 da manhã aqui em França. Oh, bonjour, monsieur. Uh, Bruno Gil Rodrigues says, Carreira will start against Vizela. Boris saying, if Benfica F up in the Taça, like the Taça in the league, I will get mad. Yeah, we'll all get mad. Um, Diogo Reis says Sporting also benefited from delaying the game when three or four players were on yellows now they're okay to play Braga next uh, Lagartos can cry me a river yeah we all we all know what, what happens there um, what else uh, the men with the bonnets now at Guimarães Sunday says Bruno Gil Rodrigues Ricardo Teixeira says we cannot enter we cannot enter to see um, what happens we need to uh, enter strong and try to take care of business in the first half. Sure, we need Carreras to pick up playing time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Diogo Reis says, anyone else wondering what's in the chemicals from Otamendi's hair dye? He's looked off since New Year. Yeah, I, I think that he's been he's been very off uh, since that uh, Christmas break that he's had. And and look, I you know I don't, I don't know if that means anything, uh, but I you know I think that um, you're entering the second half of the season. There's probably conversations in terms of where he's going to end up next season. I'm not saying that he's a guy that hasn't been around for for quite some time that knows to keep his focus and knows that his attention doesn't shouldn't get detracted uh, from from the task at hand. But yeah, we we have seen a, a little bit of a drop off. Carlos Carlos Amaro say, uh, Carlos is saying I'm always amused by guys who concern themselves with the team's purse. Uh, we're here to scream our wish list. Leave the ledger to the pa paper pushers in the cellar. Yeah, look, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be for Benfica's uh, financial uh, department to figure it out uh, in terms of budget, in terms of you know wages. All of that needs to be taken into consideration when negotiating. Um, I think that if it was a if it was an easy negotiation, maybe Benfica is is pulled the trigger already and and had done it. But we'll wait. We'll wait to see. Um, just real quick, I wanted to to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the February, which is going to be um, super busy for for Benfica, right? And so we've already played uh, Gil Vicente. Now we got uh, Vizela on the eighth, uh, Vitoria on the eleventh. We got the first leg at Charlie lose against Toulouse in the Europa League on the fifteenth. Uh, then we host Vizela for the league on the eighteenth. Then we go to France to play Toulouse on the 22nd. And we finish out the month against Portimonense at Stade Luge on the 25th. So an extremely, extremely busy month uh, for Benfica. Uh, granted, when you look at the difficulty of, of games, on paper at least, uh, there, there's a couple of hard fixtures. I think that Toulouse is not going to be the walk in the park that everybody thinks that... Um, that it's going to be, uh, and then this uh, this Vitoria game. I, I'm I'm um, I'm a little bit uh, concerned about the Vitoria. I hope that uh, we're able to go up there and and um, and win this game. Games against Zedubonet 2.0 at Vitoria as always are always tricky. We were correct. Zedubonet, Zedubonet, Zedubonet. Ricardo Teixeira said it, and I think it's. Uma boina. Uma boina. Não é o treinador do boné. Uma boina. O Zé Boné. O Zé dos para Bonés. Mim, bro, para mim, I came to the United States when I was a little kid. Para boné, boina, para mim é tudo a mesma coisa, bro. I know it's wrong, but... <laughs> no, I think... Uh, 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 o Zé do Boné, it was uh, Mota, right? It was Mota. Um, he was the one that always wore the, the boné. 
with the advertising. I, I don't know. Um, look, I think that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, important game for Benfica at Vitoria. We've got to get past Vizela first. And we got Toulouse. We can't um, really uh, think past Toulouse. Uh, I think that there needs to... If Benfica has aspirations to go far in the Europa League, and um, we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes closer, I think that you have to approach every single game with the, the professionalism in the most serious. We'll see what happens. But um, just really quick on that, uh, Ericsson, that, that Boris, uh, question that Boris had in terms of um, should Benfica do something for Ericsson while he's alive? Um, and obviously, yeah. Um, and I think that the, the club has things in, in place already to be able to do something like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was the Orege that was saying that uh, uh, his, his health is not the best right now. Um, the family's a little leery about traveling and putting him on a plane. So I certainly understand that, but I, I don't think that. Bro, Portugal is, is is a country of navigators and conquistadors. Send them the Pinto de Nina de Santa Maria. Manda as caravelas à Suécia, pá. Manda as caravelas, pá. Not the first time. I think that Benfica will do something nice if he can't come to Estadio de Luz. Uh, Benfica will go there. Um, like Benfica was in... Uh, yeah, but do it while he's alive. He's alive, People right. Correct. Right. Do it, it it's now. absolutely right. Not when he's gone, man. Do it now. Obviously, he's not in a good condition, but as time goes on, he's only going to get worse. So do it now, man. Do it while the man still can enjoy it and feel the love and cherish these moments for his last living days. You know, uh, I think Benfica will do something. My only question is, you know, will it be too late? So um, let's hope they're listening, man. They take care of it ASAP. Yeah, no, and, and look, I think that if you guys um, haven't, haven't had a chance, Cristiano uh, and I, a couple years ago, um, we had the pleasure of uh, interviewing mm-hmm. uh, interviewing Ericsson uh, for, uh, for, for Benfica Independent in um, when we were celebrating the club's anniversary. And if you haven't had a chance, um, please check that out. It, it was really good. Uh, we were extremely um, honored uh, and flattered uh, to be speaking to a man that we remember from our younger years as being somebody that was pivotal in terms of the growth of Benfica into the international game. Uh, he brought a, a new level uh, of coaching, new ideas. Uh, he also had great players, uh, but it, it, his ideas and his methods were what propelled uh, Benfica uh, forward. Uh, and it was with that tenure at Benfica that uh, Ericsson gained fame throughout uh, throughout the world. And he went on to do great things in Italy. Uh, he coached several national teams. Uh, so it's it, he's an established guy. He's he's a legend in the game in terms of uh, uh, coaching. Uh, when it comes to coaching, and we were extremely um, honored uh, and grateful that we were able to have that opportunity with him. I'm gonna post the the link on the chat right now. So if you guys want to check out that uh, that interview uh, between Erickson, myself, and Cristiano that we did two years ago, by all means, uh, do that. Um, if uh, you don't get the link from the chat, just go on YouTube and, and put uh, Benfica Independent and Ericsson, and that will pop up and get a chance to, to yeah. watch that because uh, I, I had to pinch myself, Alfredo, yeah. because you know, growing up, he came in in '83, and I was very young at the time, and then obviously, yeah. second stint leading Benfica back to the Champions League finals against Milan. And bro, you know, as you're when you're a little kid, as you're growing up. It's not that that these people aren't important, but in your mind, you uh, you make them even bigger than what they are. And 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 Erickson deserves all the respect and love yeah. and affection from us Benficistas. But he was even bigger than than you know. To me, it was like Trenador de Benfica. There was nothing bigger at the time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then we had the opportunity to speak to him, and I had to pinch myself and. And it was just one of those moments I'll yeah. never forget for the rest of my life, especially <laughs> when it comes to Benfica. Obviously, there's things more important, but 
Mm-hmm. It might be fiquismo. There's there's not many things I'll you know I'll I'll put over that. It was just fantastic. It yeah. was great to to have the opportunity to speak to a guy that I'm pretty sure you're a little bit older than me, but I'm pretty sure it was the same thing in terms of Aquilo. The man was everything to us. You know, I mean, he was Tenedor de Benfica. There was no bigger figure at the time, and so it was just. It was great to do, but it's it's a pity that he's going through what he's going now. Yeah, obviously, all of us, man, we're here today. Amanya, we don't know where we're at. So yep. cherish and value the people while you can, not when they're gone, man. You know what I mean? So um, it's a pity that we're going through this and that he's going through this. But hopefully, Benfica and the Benficaistas around the world, and not just Benficaistas, man, uh, the England fans, the Lazio fans, and every co- every team he coached um, should really be. Um, giving this guy the love and affection that he deserves because he was a spectacular coach, well-mannered. He wasn't one of those coaches because you get to see that today. Today in football, you have coaches who are great coaches, but piece of shit people. They don't know how to talk. And then there's guys that could talk. They're beautiful talkers, but don't know shit about the game. He was a guy that actually combined the two of them. He was a gentleman, knew how to speak, could get his teams to play football. And people like that should be cherished because – they're going by the wayside nowadays because everybody now wants to to be on social media and make a clip. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we. Uh, I don't know if you recall, but Cristiano and I got up at uh, get up early. I think the interview was like at five a.m. or something like that, so we could be something like that within yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his time zone. And and we asked him interesting questions in terms of, you know, what was the locker room like? What was what was Shalana like? He gave us our opinion on uh, on on several players, and it was it was good to kind of uh, reminisce about those times of Benfica. And Cristiano and I both were young at that time, and and Carlos was saying too that he would have acted like a schoolgirl had he been there. But it was just mm-hmm. it's this figure right that's that that's at the helm of some of the best Benfica teams we have seen in our lifetime both Cristiano and I and, and a lot of a lot of you uh, Boris is saying that he was born in in Sweden and he remembers Ericsson at IFK, IFK Gothenburg which is where I believe he he got his professional start if I'm not mistaken but yeah it, it, it was extremely engaging conversation went by fast a relaxed conversation didn't hold anything back. was was really good, man. It was really good. And you know what stuck with me, Alfredo? Last time I interrupt you, right? Because I don't want to talk no more. Cause you, you could you could drive it down. You know, you could, could drive it home. But the, what stuck with me from from that interview, as I mentioned before, he coached England, coached some of the best players in the world, coached in World Cups. But the joy that he remembered and he recollected yeah. the moments at Benfica that stuck with me, man. Because he's coached many great players, many great teams. But you can tell he enjoyed his time at Benfica. He had a sorriso on his face. Yeah. And that made me feel good. That made me like, wow. You know, yeah. Benfica really was what, in my head at the time, what I thought it was, it must have really been exactly like that because here's a guy that's been to the top of the mountain and, and, and he's talking about Benfica with this love and this, you know, great memories that we all had as kids and he's just portraying it back to us. It was it was just something I'll never forget, man. So um, yeah, no, it was it was yeah, it was yeah. a great interview, man. And we had a great time, and like I said, we were incredibly uh, uh, humbled by the whole experience and honored to have had the, the chance to to speak to him. And and uh, you know, I've been you know, I still have his his phone number, but I, I've been meaning to send him a message. But uh, at this point, you know, you really don't know what to say, and he's probably gotten a lot of those. But uh, you know, he, he's a guy that uh, that we've made this memory with, uh, and that we have this memory of, uh, in terms of Benfica and those years and those teams and Chalana, uh, Magnussen, Stromberg, uh, you know, great, great Benfica teams of the '80s that went uh, that went to finals. Uh, so we, we were incredibly proud. So if you have a chance, man, check that out, man. Um, I think I'm, I'm gonna rewatch it at some point uh, within the next few days because uh, I, I remember having a, a, a good time and being very humbled by the whole situation. Um, anyway, uh, that is all we got for you today. Thank you, everyone that joined us. Um, um, Carlos says life isn't uh, for lament; it's for celebration. We celebrate his life. No one gets out of here alive. Yeah. Look, I think that uh, you know. 
the the celebrating people and honoring people is to be done while they're young or while they're alive uh not when they're when they're dead because uh i i think oftentimes despite them understanding uh who they are as a human being um they don't always grasp how loved they are uh, and how cherished they are and how many good memories they're associated with. Uh, and I think that once you have a celebration of somebody like that, I think that that's when a lot of people come out and, and, and just spill whatever their feelings are, whatever their emotions are, whatever their opinions are on an individual. So it's important um, that we honor those individuals in life uh, that we show them how much he really means to everyone, uh, to the club and to the players and to the people that worked at the club at that time. So I think that uh, it, it's it's a nice gesture if Befica can can make it happen and have that that celebration of uh, Ericsson when he's still alive. Um, and that's it. That's all we got. Next week we'll be back. We'll we'll break down these two games, Vizela and Gimaraj and, and, and look ahead to uh, what's up next. Dave couldn't be with us, but uh, Cristiano was here at least. So it was a good thing. It was a good day. Uh, Cristiano, anything else you wanted to add before we go? Nope. No, I mean, I, mean, I shouldn't say no. Uh, what you just said uh, doesn't only go for, 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 for public figures. It goes for your family members, your loved ones. So cherish the people while they still know that they mean something to you while they're still here rather than when they're gone. So it's just a lesson for all of us, man. I lost my dad at a young age and there isn't a day that doesn't go by that. I wish that I had an opportunity to say something to him. And, and I, I actually did. I got to tell him I love him the whole nine, the whole stuff before you went, but you know, there's a lot of people that don't get that opportunity. So if you're listening to us, man, do yourself a favor because you don't want to live with that inside you for the rest of your life. So cherish the people that I mean, a lot to you. Uh, let them know while they're here, yeah. rather than when they're gone. And I'm not trying to make this sadder than what it is, because obviously we're talking about Ericsson, but just wanted to let everybody know that it's it's a broader thing. It's not just for celebrities and coaches. It goes for everyone else. So. Yeah. Let's win this damn Tasso Portugal. Let's get a step further, because we need to, to bring another one of those trophies to the trophy cabinet, because there's very few of them. At the side of the loose. Yep, that's right. Uh, thank you very much to all the Freddies and everyone that watched this live, uh, but wasn't uh, didn't participate in the chat. Uh, thank you everyone that participated in the chat. It was inter entertaining conversation, uh, and thank you to all of you that are going to listen later. We appreciate you so much. Uh, have a great one. Te uh, treat each other well. Have a great one, and uh, we'll see you again next week.